way. I meet this guy who is the only guy in my uh, age that goes to the bar I work at. And he just kept talking to me about my potential. Right. I never had a boyfriend or a date or anything that like talked about my intelligence. They just looked at my body. Right. So when he started doing that, I started asking questions like, why am I here? What am I? Now it's live. Good morning, everybody. What is happening? Welcome to another sensational sizzling session of Strike Accord Live podcast. Today is November 18th at 6.30 a.m. Central Time. And I am here with my dear brother, Colin Harbour, all the way over there in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. My dear sister, Alicia Tappan, who's right over there in Milton, Florida. Welcome. Good morning. What's happening, you guys? Not a lot. Just uh, trying to wake up. It's a little bit cold in Dallas, cold. Texas, USA. Uh huh. Yeah, it's cold. It's kind of like when you said it was cold in Pensacola about a month ago. I was like, yeah, burr. I'm sure the 90 degree weather is driving <laughs> y'all crazy. You know. Ah uh, man, this this is nuts. I mean, we're in, we're at 35 this morning. I don't know. Yeah, so it's. I cold, have a turtleneck cold. on. Cold. It's cold. It's cold. <laughs> I like that. The turtleneck. All right, well, good morning, uh, Colin. We have my dear sister on, Alicia Tappan from The Secret Place Home. And so we're just gonna introduce her now. Alicia, what's up? How you doing? Good morning, thanks for having me, you guys. And I'm just uh, grateful to be here on a Friday, kicking it off, TGIF style. Right, exactly, it is Friday, isn't it? So real quick, we always do this thing, and sometimes I forget, Alicia, and sometimes I don't. But uh, Colin, why don't you tell them who we are? We are Strike Accord Live Podcast, which which are is two lifelong friends, the love of baseball, music, motivation, and inspiration, nostalgia, culture, and transformation and fun. We want you to take the journey with us. I don't know which one of these categories we're covering today. I bet, but I always like to when we throw in some nostalgia. Just right. like, okay. like sometimes nostalgia just weaves its way in. <laughs> you know? Well, here hey, we Bruce go. Palmer, White tie rockers already we'll here. Have, so we'll weave it in that way. There you go. <laughs> Bruce Palmer's already here. I quoted Bruce last night in uh, one of my 75 hard uh, posts. So wait, today is like 54 of 75 hard, and I haven't done any of it yet this morning. But uh, I will. But Bruce is here. I love you, Bruce. Shirley Cotita's here. I love you, Shirley. So yeah, I mean, I think we can weave some inspiration into this, Colin, some nostalgia, some all that, all that good stuff. And we can go nostalgic where I said that Alicia was on uh, the Hey, Guess What? I Love You TV show uh, a couple of weeks ago, those sort of things. We can do that kind of stuff. So, Well, I can say this. I've known, I've personally known Alicia for about 17 minutes now, and <laughs> she's very personable. We had a great Thank conversation. You. We had some rapid fire questions, not really, but just some quick getting to know you type stuff. And I'm looking forward to hearing what she has to say. Well, but before we get her going, uh, I, I want to, I'm going to put her on the spot on something, but Wesley D. Moani, I see you. I love you. Good to see you. All right, Alicia, before we get going, let's just get the car wreck story out of the way. <laughs> okay. If you don't mind. I don't mind. It's actually really exciting. So Craig, good, good to meet you. Um, I was in a near fatal car accident just like a month and a half ago. Uh, I hit a truck going 45 miles an hour. And uh, I roll out of the car and the first person to meet me is this pastor with this like really great pink and green paisley tie. And he like pulls me out of the car and starts praying for me. And uh, the only thing I can think to say at the end is like, I really like your tie. Nice. <laughs> it's like that, right? So I get whisked off to the, uh, the ER, the ambulance picks me up. I can wiggle my fingers. I can wiggle my toes. 
I'm like doing a body scan. I'm like, I made my lunch today, you guys. Like, I think I'm fine. Like, I really don't need to go to the ER. And they're like, okay, crazy lady. Like, you're in shock. We're taking you in because there's no way you don't have like a broken bone or bleeding or right? something. Passed out, blacked out. Yeah. Uh, and, and I came to, um, and that's when I met the pastor. And then all of a sudden I'm in this uh, gurney and with the neck brace on. So I get to the, <laughs> the ER and the nurse comes up to me straight away and it's like, hey, we heard you hit that car pretty hard. Do you want, you know, like some heavier painkiller medicine? And I said, I don't want your devil's poison. And I said, give me some Tylenol. <laughs> so I get all these tests done, right? Like CT scans, the x-rays, all that stuff. I call my husband. He comes up rushing, you know, to the, the ER to figure out what's wrong with me. And as we're sitting there kind of going over the thing, the doctor comes out and he's like, Alicia, it's a miracle. There's no broken bones, right? There's no internal bleeding, but congratulations, you're pregnant. And we went, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> so Mark, I found out yesterday, it's a boy. Uh, I have two boys already. So we've got a team baseball in our future, apparently. So anyway, that's a little bit about me, um, but I am happily married and now have three boys. <laughs> well, that is great. Glad that, that the wreck, um, worked out for you i guess is that the yeah. appropriate way to answer, say that like glad your wreck worked out for you and you lived you know uh, yeah but i, I kind of like only, to... not only did it work out it just you got you know diagnosed as pregnant <laughs> yeah. well and what cracks me up I, I say it like i'm like mario right the mario brothers i'm like i went i defeated death and came back with an extra life like i leveled up so i think i'm okay uh and we are really happy but i just i wasn't expecting any of that so my life has flipped upside down in the last few months um i'm currently studying for my doctorate and i really love school i'm a, I'm a big nerd and i was worried because you know i'm in the hospital i had to take time off like are they gonna um you know lower my grade because of absences whatever but my professors were very very understanding and gave me an extension but i didn't even need it so I just found out I got a 99.1% in the class. <laughs> so I still managed an A plus in my class. Well, that is good. Hey, uh, are it's you wild. a good writer? Are you a good yeah. writer? Yes, he he's a great writer. Because I've got a web page and I've I, I, <laughs> I, I been writing on it. And okay. I'm not asking you to write on it, but I've been writing on it. And then like you connect Google Analytics and, you know, oh, you my connect favorite. all this stuff yeah. to it. And then about a, a few days ago i was looking at it and everything had red dots by it and i was like well red is usually bad so i started <laughs> clicking on it and basically what it said was your writing sucks colin you're writing oh, sucks. Boo. And yeah, so they're <laughs> like, you, i think the exact words were you your website is lacking high quality content well yeah. i'm what happy this, to write a paragraph for you no what is a stupid robot no no i've got to figure out how to write and you know i'm <laughs> okay. 50 years old i've got to figure out how to write if I want my website to pass the Google test. All right, sorry, that's not why we're here. I'm no, just but still I love haven't it. gotten over that. I still have not gotten over talked the about that robots telling me- I would be burned. Ride. Yeah, no, I would have been burned too. And especially because I actually just learned how to write a paragraph this past year. I'm 37 and writing this uh, you know, intelligent 36 page paper, they were like, but make sure you write your paragraphs like this, the introduction, the evidence, the analysis, and then a transition. And then they said, it's not really a transition. It's just a confirmation of your introduction. Blew my mind. That's all way too confusing for <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. That's way I, too I don't know what you're me. talking about. I write like I talk, which is not very professional <laughs> anyway. So let's move on. What are we talking about, Mark? 
All right, real quick, let's say uh, Doug Stutzman, good morning, bro. I love you. Good to see you. We got to get you back on here. Ryan Gallagher's here, Ryan. I love you. Alicia, you know Summer Star. Summer Star's here. I Yay, love you, hey, Summer. Summer. Shirley Katita, of course. Michael Kenyon, good morning. And Wesley D. Mullaney Collins, she says, don't let a robot destroy your self-confidence, right? <laughs> oh, it hasn't destroyed my self-confidence. It's just I want, like I have a goal now of getting a green from the Google robots because I will have... High quality content on colinharbor.com at some point in the near future. Stay tuned, right? Stay tuned. <laughs> All right, so, real quick. Uh, hey, Wesley, this is a dear sister of mine in Maine. Drop the temperature what it is in Maine because it's 30 something, 35, 34, 33, something like that here in Northwestern Florida. Okay, so let's get into the meat of it. Uh, <laughs> Michael Kenyon said, just Google how to write better, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I do. And then they start using big words and comma here and period here and all this kind of you stuff. You got to use them. Yeah, you got to use know. them. All right. So uh, we've, we've eaten up sometime, which is great. I love the, the flow of it. Alicia. Peggy Gossman, I love you. Good to see you. Tell us about yourself other than the wreck in your pregnancy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I grew up in Michigan where it's way wicked more cold than it is here in Pensacola. Um, and I'm from a small town. So I actually did, thanks to my friend, Kate Trike, she did a family tree for me on ancestry. And like my ancestors have been in Michigan in this particular County since 1650, wow. like so crazy. They had a bunch of land, but anyway, I was one of those girls that needed to get out. Right. Like you could tell my family history has been there forever. And I really wanted to see the world. I wanted to be a doctor. I didn't know what kind. Um, and I had mom and dad at home, both from the same area for a long time. And they, I had the same third grade teacher as my mom. So everybody knew everybody. Right. And I just didn't really know what I wanted to be, but I knew that I wanted to be this, like something, you know, um, the aptitude test told me singer, actor, or public speaker. And I was afraid of a microphone. Right. So I, you know, I'm just like, I just had all this ambition, but nothing really to use with, to do it with. So I um, was National Honor Society president, student council president. I took leadership very seriously and I wanted an academic scholarship to get out of there. And so I worked my butt off, but we didn't know that there was a predator posing as a coach. And so my, the male track coach of my high school team was actually a tra human trafficker. And he was like a father to the fatherless. So these are your like signs. Okay, Craig, you're about to learn. I'm about to drop it for you. Um, but he would cater to those who were vulnerable. So the guys on the team that needed a ride home or needed to buy a uniform or missed a test that needed extra credit or needed to make up an absence, right? Think about it like that. He promised these kids that he could help take care of them in exchange for something. And he could promise them that they didn't have to go to college a virgin. So he had everything. He, he had them sell Rolex watches online. And back in the day, you know, think about dialing up a picture, it took like an hour, right? Right. So uh, they were committed. This was something that they thought about. This was, you know, very intentional. Um, and at the end of the year, my junior year, we won the state track meets. And so we celebrated at his house, which wasn't weird because he lived seven blocks away from me. And what time and he had the Michigan, real quick? What, what? time in Michigan? Oh, <laughs> come see. Well, the you reason can look I it up. My buddy Ryan Austin is here that I introduced you. He's he's in Michigan oh, yeah. right now and he's on. So go ahead, start to interrupt. Okay, yeah. So south of Ann Arbor, okay. and because uh, it's a small town, right? And anyway, uh, sorry. So we go, we no, it's okay. We go over to his house and we're invited there. 
and we celebrate, you know, and at about 8.30, he says to like parents and faculty, y'all can go home. You know, I'm, it's summer, it's Friday. I'll kick the kids out around 10. I was planning to spend the night at my best friend's house, just a few houses down. Like I had a plan. I had a car. I had a job. I was going to be working in the morning. So I figured we were hanging out and then going back to her house. So we hang out. But what happens next? Like no one could have seen coming. He brings us down into the basement, which isn't weird. We have finished basements. And he says, hey, I don't want to be responsible for pushing play. But then he makes us watch this movie. And like the funny kid of the group jumps up and like pushes play for him. And now we're being exposed to a homemade porn by two of our friends. And I can't make this up. Like it was it's implanted in my brain forever. Right. And I'd never seen anything like it before. It lasts about three minutes with the terrible techno music. And then when it's over, the main characters of our movie walk down into the basement and now it's a party and he turns down the lights, turns up the music and opens his bar. And it doesn't matter if you're drinking or not, because he's going to use the date rape drug to roofie us all. And he does. And I don't remember half of the night. Um, my next memory is like hitting the back of a hot tub where I'm being raped by two of my friends, one being the quarterback of our football team. And I panic, right? And I'm looking for my clothes. I'm trying to get dressed. And they pushed me up against the wall. And they say, you're too drunk to drive. You need to sleep it off. So the next memory I have is waking up under a pool table where my stuff is like neatly packed on top of it. And I grab it. I can't find anybody in the basement. So I run out the back door because I'm too afraid to run out the front door that I came in the night before, right? The shame, the guilt, the doubt, all this chaos, you know, the trauma is set in, but I go to work because it's Saturday and I've worked in the same place since I was a freshman every Saturday. So I go to work and I go to my friend, that's my supervisor. And I say, Hey, I think I had sex with two guys in one night last night. Like, what does that mean? And she said with a smirk on her face, like, you might as well get used to being called a slut because that's all you'll ever be known as. And she was right. My reputation sank in that day, right? I call my best friends like anybody else would do. And I'm like, hey, you left me at that party last night. You know, I think I was raped last night. And I even said the words. And they said, well, rape's a really strong word, Alicia. You don't want to go around accusing anybody, do you? These guys have full ride scholarships in Michigan State. Mm. It was like I was going to ruin their life, right? And so it doesn't matter. It doesn't stop there. The coach now has me right where he wants me. That was my initiation. So he starts sending these guys to come pick me up from my house and take me to graduation party and whatever other summer party and college parties. And while the parents are upstairs, like celebrating their son's graduation, I'm getting raped in the bathroom in the basement. And that's where and the trafficking part comes in, correct? So the trafficking was that it's called recruiting and grooming, right? So I, how did I get to that party, right? I'm not like the most popular girl. Like I know everybody, but it had been planned. Like, so the more virginal you are, the more you were worth. Right. Right. And so I get invited. That's recruiting and grooming. Now I'm initiated at this coach's house. Now the trafficking starts. And my parents thought that I was just dating like the cool kids. Right. So I got gifts. I got money. I got things that I didn't really need, but could want, you know, it wasn't something for me, it wasn't a vulnerability, but because I didn't have any vulnerabilities growing up, like I was a zero out of 10 on the ACE scores, which is the adverse childhood experiences. They say, if you have a seven or higher, you're more likely to be vulnerable to trafficking. Well, I was zero. So he had to create one. Now he's created one. Now, how do I feel? I'm super vulnerable, right? I'm vulnerable to everything because if I don't do it, I'm going to get in trouble. So they start slashing my car tires, putting dog poop on my windshield, threatening to expose me to my family and to the, you know, these clubs, hurting my little brother. 
Like it was like, show up, right? <laughs> or you're in trouble. So we get through the summer. I've now had 25 to 30 sex partners I didn't ever have before. And it's a homecoming for our um, football team. And the quarterback, my rapist, walks up to me. Uh, he's there from you know school. And he elbows me right in the parking lot and says, we're cool, right? Like, you're not going to tell, right? Right. And, and I knew that's what that meant. So as a girl who was up here, confidence, had her stuff together, right? Now, all of a sudden, I'm way down here because I can't figure out how to rewire what happened to me in my brain. So I started cutting myself, popping pills, drinking, smoking, everything that anybody does. I attempted suicide three times. I couldn't die, right, Craig? Like, <laughs> why live and you can't die? So what's your purpose? Like, what is the point of me being here? Right. Uh, I am lucky though. The athletic director caught on. He sort of said something to me like this, you know, Alicia, what happened to you? Like that, you know? And it was like a moment where I felt like it wasn't like, what did you do? Why are you acting like that? You know, I got kicked off of all of those clubs by parents and advisors that my parents knew, right? People, people that I- Correct. Like a lot mm -hmm. of the, a lot of the superiors were in on it, right? Right. So the math teacher, my math teacher, my senior year said, Alicia, we're going to have an end of the year semester party, but not that kind of party. Like they knew. Wow. Uh huh. So the athletic director figures this out. I, I, for whatever reason, because of the way he said it to me, what happened to you as pinnacle, right? I said, I think I was raped this summer. I don't really know, but I don't want to make a big deal out of it. Well, he started an investigation behind my back, which I was grateful for, but I didn't know. And he started to uh, ask students, right? Have you heard about what happened to Alicia? And they did, they knew. They even wrote it down, 17 written testimonies saying I was raped in a hot tub that night. Because wow. the coach, while I'm getting raped, is recording it with his video camera above it on top of this balcony. He had 33 other sex tapes just like mine with girls at a school before mine, my school, and the school after mine. Again, human trafficking. So we didn't know all of this stuff was happening as students, but we knew something was kind of going on. So I get called down to the guidance counselor's office and this is where I'll kind of wrap up my history, but <laughs> I was scared to death, right? I was scared to death. I've been called down to the office a million times to help exchange students, to buy breakfast for staff, to do pep rallies. And this time I'm getting called down there and I knew I was in trouble. Like my heart sank. And they pulled me in and there was law enforcement, these women from a shelter, guidance counselor, dean of students, a principal, the athletic director, all in this tiny office. And they're like, Alicia, what happened to you last summer? I pled the fifth. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. My friends told me I wasn't raped. These teachers say, you know, you're a slut. You know, like everybody's writing my name in the bathroom for a good time call. Like I have to clean up my own vandalism. I don't know what happened to me. Um, and so they start showing me those papers one after another. Alicia was raped in this hot tub, right? And I eventually said, okay, yeah, that, that's what happened. That, that's exactly what happened. And so they said, they need to use my testimony in order for us to prosecute because we have to go up to the coach, the guys, and actually the entire school district because there's other teachers involved. The president of the board of education was involved. Other staff and faculty had been at these parties. And so, you know, the only way to do this is with your testimony. And if you can rally these other girls, these other 33, you know, victims. And so we did. They showed all, all up at my house, right? Their moms, everybody, they're like, check this guy down. We're going to castrate him, throw him in jail. 
And I just remember thinking like, I don't want to do this. You know, like, I don't want to lead this. I got accepted to the University of West Florida <laughs> for college because I traded my full ride at Michigan State to lifetime of student loans to get the crap out of Michigan, right? I didn't want to be there. And, but I just felt in my heart, like, and my mom kind of looked at me, she could see that there was something, you know, struggling there. And she said, Alicia, if not you, then who? Like, who's going to take this guy down? He's gotten away with it for years, right? And that was enough for me to say, yeah, okay, let's, let's do this. But I wasn't in the good, like healthcare space, right? Like I had destroyed my body. My brain was broken. I had so much trauma. Um, there wasn't any counseling that was going to help me at that time because no one wanted to really dig into the, the actual problem because we didn't have a word for it, right? This rape thing was there, but what, how did I get in the hot tub? What happened to me after, right? No one could like get that. So we go to court, they call my case rape and conspiracy. All those other girls dropped out. It was me versus my hometown school district. I had to ride up and down the elevator with my rapist and my trafficker. Like it was awful. I was re-victimized a hundred times. And I remember the prosecuting attorney looking at me and saying, how do you know you didn't rape them? Whoa. And in that moment, I was like, well, maybe they're victims too. Like, I can't say it, you know, but I thought that, and, and it was, I mean, it's true. We were kids. We're under 18. We can't consent like legally in this type of case, we're all victims. Right. But we didn't have the words human trafficking to sort of understand that. So instead it's this conspiracy thing. We win. Yay. <laughs> but for me, it wasn't like a big deal because I was like, I don't understand what this rape and conspiracy thing is. Like, I don't, there was no closure for me. Right. My uh, rapist got two or five years of sex uh, offender registries and my trafficker got five years in jail. He spends his time, right? Comes out, rapes and beats his wife. She drops charges because she doesn't want to go to court. He gets away with it for another like 10 years, starts this job, embezzles like $140,000 from some family. He ends up getting caught and has the same judge that we had like 10, 12 years before. And in, I have it written in, a, in an article, I printed it and it says, if it wasn't for the girl in the hot tub, we wouldn't know how evil this man was. And now he's in prison for life. Wow. So imagine all of that, right? In like a little 17 year old brain. Right. I have no idea. I don't, you know, and so I made terrible choices for like the next decade, terrible choices. And I started self-exploiting, you know, my, my worth was worth it, what somebody gave me attention to. I, I mean, I got my master's degree, which was great. I finished college um, and kept going because I knew I had a purpose, right? But the girl who wanted to be a doctor, she gone. was gone. Gone. Right. She was gone. She didn't exist, right? She started getting tattoos. She was drinking every day. She was smoking weed every day. She she didn't care about herself. She didn't care if she lived or died. She destroyed people, <laughs> you know, like, and and with no like reconciliation that I was operating severely out of trauma. And so uh, the good news is, right, something happens in a good way. I meet this guy who is the only guy in my uh, age that goes to the bar I work at. And he just kept talking to me about my potential, right? I never had a boyfriend or a date or anything that like talked about my intelligence. They just looked at my body, right? So when he started doing that, I started asking questions like, why am I here? What am I here for? And Eventually, um, he asked me to marry him 
And I actually said, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> That's in not front of his parents. <laughs> yeah, in front of my parents, in front of his parents. He was like, I thought you might be like sad or cry, but I didn't think you'd be mad. <laughs> but I wasn't, I was damaged goods, y'all. Like I was not, I couldn't have babies. The doctors already told me like that wasn't going to happen for me. So there was no family aspect for me. You know, I can't seem to get a good job. Like, it doesn't matter how many degrees I have at this point. It's like, I still can't get hired in the place I want to be. And so I convinced him to move from Colorado all the way back here to Pensacola, which, you know, uh, my family had come down here now from Michigan and kind of supported me because I, I was struggling a lot all the time, but I moved. I didn't, I wasn't running, but I moved, I moved away. Sorry, okay. computer did something weird, Got but it. I moved away a million times, right? So anyway, to wrap it up, here's what, here's the best part. God intervened in a huge way. I had to hear a pastor say this, get down on your knees and ask God for what breaks his heart for you. I love that. And that shattered everything in my head, right? Because I was chasing this purpose. I was chasing this thing. It was somewhere else that wasn't inside of me. It was out in the world. And then I hear the verses like that, right? God overcomes the world and stop putting your, you know, all of your thoughts and, and prayers into the world, like come back to what you're created for. And so I did that. And he that said, find my- this, right. You weren't, you weren't in the church before that you had no faith before that you were I just was mad. Right. <laughs> why? If there's such a God, why would he do this to me? Right. I was angry. And so when I had heard that, like I said, it like broke my heart. And so I got down on my knees and he says, find my missing children. And I was like, whose children? Lord, I can't have any of them. And if you're real, you will tell me what children, right? <laughs> and all of a sudden, then I got a job in foster care. Wow. And then through that, I heard about human trafficking and I was obsessed. Like I was obsessed. I knew it. I understood it. Like I couldn't really figure out why I had such a good knowledge base about it. But then I met another survivor and she's about my age. And neither of us had a cell phone, neither of us had a car, right? We were both broken. And she tells me her story about being trafficked here in Pensacola. And I was like, that's exactly what happened to me. The characters were different. The setting was different, but the plot was exactly the same, right? So now I have this super knowledge base. And uh, I said, you know what? I'm going to get rebaptized. Nice. I was baptized as a little baby, but... I did it. And I, and I really wanted to like do this thing. Cause I tried everything, right? Like I'm one of those people who had put their whole world into people, places, things never into myself. And so I said, I'm going to start over. I'm going to do this right. And God, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it because I heard that whisper all of a sudden. Now I know this thing about myself and I want to use it for good because it sucked. <laughs> you know, like it was so evil and awful. So I started doing counseling and I started getting, you know, real therapy, I started getting medication for my brain that was rewired. I had to get sober. You know, it was super hard um, for me to want to do all those things because I had such a heavy baggage of trauma and um, I was lucky enough to be heard. One day I was speaking, telling my story and the head pastors of Liberty Church, Kristen and Josh Lipscomb, they had already started this initiative called The Secret Place. And it was a safe house for girls of sex trafficking. And they literally told me, they were like, we want you. We've been praying for you. Will you become the program director? I had to Google what is a program director. <laughs> kind of like Colin has to Google, you know, and you know how to write a paragraph. Yeah. Because I feel your pain on this part, <laughs> right? Because I was like, I'm not qualified. 
you know, like I, I can't get a job like at anywhere. Like, and now all of a sudden you want me to lead this thing. And I was overqualified by like the definition and I knew it. I couldn't prove it by my entry level position, you know, work, but I knew it based on my education, my experience and my leadership background. And so we did it. We opened up a safe house. It took two years to write the program. Uh, we opened in 2020. We got hit by COVID. We got hit by Hurricane Sally over here. It was the hardest thing we ever did. And I feel like God literally made us do it so we could learn what not to do. And right. so in 2021, we shut the doors of the safe house because we knew the residential program was too expensive. We were getting kids that needed higher levels of care, you know, and honestly, I was like, this isn't what I want to do. Like I thought it was, but it wasn't. I knew that like we needed to educate more. Our community has no idea what this stuff is. And that's on a grand scale. That's not just here in our area. Um, and we needed to be able to get to their families. Like we have generational familial sex trafficking happening around the nation. And how do you touch those kids? Right. Well, and obviously because we're in a hotbed because we're in the I-10 corridor, right? Florida. Exactly. So Florida has a lot of cool pieces that make us attractive, um, but they actually can be very vulnerable. Number one, we're a transient state. And especially in our area, we have spring breakers, summer breakers, snowbirds. We have college kids. We have the military, right? So we have people who are traveling all the time through our area. We have an international airport and seaport, plus the I-10 corridor. It gets us all the way to California in three days or less. Right. So we're a hot spot, right? And when you know that, that means that there is going to be a lot of like third party pimping people who are pretending to be boyfriends, pretending to have a job, all that. But we have familial sex trafficking, meaning that their parents thought that this was normal. So they did it to their kids. And the reason why they're doing it is for food, water, shelter. The drugs are how they cope. People get that all backwards all the time. They're just doing it for drugs. No, no one really wants to do that to their kids, but because they think this is normal, right? Then that's what they've been doing. And so they're breeding this generational stuff. So we've got to get into schools. We've got to get in the churches. We got to get wherever kids are and start teaching them to say no, 10 different ways to say no. So um, it's been a very interesting process. And this is where I'll kind of get to the secret place is amazing. Like we now know how to work with these kids and advocate for them. We're in DJJ, we're getting in the jails, we're in front of the judges, we're saying, hey, let's look at the root of the problem, which is their sex you know, trafficking problem, not the behaviors of how they're acting right now. Let's go down here so that we can lift that root up, right? And then some of the behaviors will change. We offer them GEDs, driver's license. Um, we feed them every week. And the whole point is to build them a community of safe people so that they know they can go back into our community and know the difference between right and wrong. Right now, like if they feel more safe with somebody who sells drugs and has a gun than they do with a case manager because that person over here will protect them. Their case manager will violate them if they <laughs> do something wrong, you know? And so they have to choose the lesser of two evils, go to jail or go get Baker acted and they don't have that pathway in the middle. So the secret place exists to create and navigate that path of safety. And so we're just like super honored to be able to do this. Um, I'm grateful. Like we don't, we always say it's like, it's not ours, it's God's. Like we're just here to be good servants. And, um, and that's the coolest way. So you can easily get involved. You know, we have a website, thesecretplacehome.org. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Uh, and it's, we want people to care. You know, it's one caring adult that makes a kid resilient. It's not like kids being resilient. They're not, you just have to teach them how. And if they have a good relationship and a good, 
you know, community, then they don't need their family so much to rely on if they're being evil, right? They have people they can call and they're not going to make them do anything for that favor. So well, let's do this. It's, it's really cool. Because we know we know we're running out of time, and I can feel you're rushing, and you have so much to say. And I, I I'm involved in the Secret Place, folks. Uh, I'm heavily involved, and not as much as I want to be, but uh, but I want to be more. Um, but yeah. will you come back? Always. Okay. So because you I mean, your story could take up the whole 30 minutes, and then we we need to get into the Secret Place. But if you would, when this is done, drop some links in the comments of this. I'm going to share it out, and then we'll have you back. Um, I can't wait to see you tonight. Um, yeah, I'm excited. And, and before we go, Colin, I'll, I'm going to tell you something. The really cool thing. I mean, Alicia and I are tight, like really, really tight. And we just met this past summer. Is it this past summer? Spring, yeah. Yeah, spring. Okay, so we <laughs> the cool thing that happened, total God thing, Colin, and we'll, we'll jump off, is that uh, Alicia and I were both um, walking the runway. You remember I did the fashion show for our dear friend Madrina Ciano uh, for her charity. She's in so many charities. I can't remember which one it was. It was Covenant Care. So Alicia and I didn't know each other and the, my dear brother, Robert Bellanova, who was um, outfitting me said, Hey, there's somebody over here. I think you need to meet. I thought Alicia knew Robert. I didn't know Robert very well. I do now as much as I know Alicia, she didn't know him. And for some reason, he just said, I think you two need to meet. And what did you say when we first met? You're like, I (laughs) What'd you say? I've been waiting to meet you for years. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? You know? Uh, yeah, Ricky, Ricky McWilliams says, art of covenant care, art of fashion. Thank you, Ricky. I love you, Ricky. Good to see you. Yeah, so we, but so we, it was a total God thing that we hooked up. Um, and, and coincidentally enough, Colin, I worked with her husband, Brian, at All Pro for years. So I, I knew Brian, but I didn't know Alicia forever. Um, so we're going to have you come back. I mean, I don't know if you can come back Wednesday. It would be cool if you could come back Wednesday so we could okay. talk about this more and then drop some links in here. And, uh, Bruce Pulver, my, our dear brother, who is like the, the biggest guest on here. He's the Joey Bishop to Johnny Carson that, that he is to white, uh, white tie. I can't talk about a core live podcast, but Bruce Pulver wrote a phenomenal <laughs> book, Alicia, and he wants to send it to you. Um, and it, it's called above the chatter. Our words matter. Bruce was actually Colin's latest guest on uh, just make contact on his podcast so we've got a lot of great people on here that want to connect with you uh bruce also awesome. if you knew of wellspring in atlanta a wellspring living in atlanta so there's some things mm-hmm. that people want to do and connect with you so we're going to wrap it up but if you would come back um and i think i see huntley jimenez there i love you huntley good to see you eric hansen i love you brother good to see you we got to jump on here because we have to take kids to school um yeah, Summer Star says the secret place home, but let's do it. There's the link. Thank you, Alicia, for dropping that in. Uh, Michael Huey, I love you, brother. We're, we're jumping off, but uh, great to see you. Go watch this session of Strike Accord Live podcast because it's incredible. It's uh, it's amazing. So, Alicia, if you would, come back on Wednesday. If not, no pressure. But I think we have a lot more to talk about, about the present, about the secret place. Um, and thank the- you. As well. So thank you for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. And thanks, Craig. I hope you learned something. all right well colin you have anything to say uh i don't i'm 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 amazed at what i heard yeah yeah it's it's a lot to fit into 30 minutes so let's do it again um but uh, this is great and so thank you all for being here we love you have a happy friday once again lisa i can't wait to see you in a little bit uh it's gonna be quick man i've got to get my 75 hard on because i've got somewhere to be at five o'clock Woo! let's go We got to get dressed up. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Colin. I'm wearing my green suit. So. All right.
and watching Strike Accord Live podcast with my dear brother Colin Harbour right there in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. And my dear sister Alicia Tappan is right here in Milton, Florida. We love each and every one of you. Thank you for listening and watching. We'll be back here Wednesday, 6.30 a.m. Central Time to do it all over again. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe, stay warm. Peace and chicken grease. We're out.